Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, time for uh, Judd's Hockey Show, which is back this week in between uh, games four and five of the Stanley Cup Finals. The series right now 2-2 between the Blues and Bruins. We're taping this on, recording this, I should say, on Wednesday and uh, game five will be played on Thursday in Boston. Zolgad, Lindsey Brown, who's opening a pop that you can hear right through the microphone. And, De- and Declan, who's drinking something that looks... It's a smoothie. Like, okay, it looks like... I gotta keep my figure. It doesn't look... Yeah, you do. That doesn't look good. But anyway, that's good for you. You can drink it. I don't really care. Thoughts on... Thoughts on through four games of this cup final? I would say there's been a couple games that have been wildly entertaining, and there have been a couple games that haven't been. But it's been interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the least entertaining game, that being the third game of this series, when Boston basically just walked all over uh, the first game that St. Louis had in the Stanley Cup final in the better part of 50 years. But the overtime winner the other night with uh, Judd and I's favorite player basically left in the entire league, Ryan O'Reilly, it's been... Huge man crush. Yes, correct. For me. For you. Well, he's also a man crush. crush, I I can have a man crush on him, too. Um, I, I think the last game has been, was great to see. I think you, you saw kind of what I think the rest of the series is going to be because now we're straight up, we're in a best of three. And this is, this is where things start to get a, a little dicey and teams start locking down and start being a little more safe with the way they play. And I think the biggest storyline going into the next game is, is Boston going to have enough defensemen to be able to survive the rest of this series? I they don't got really two know. Out, yeah. Right? Two out. And, and are you counting Chara with that too? Yeah. Okay, because uh, it came out yesterday on Tuesday that he d- does indeed have a broken jaw after taking a puck to the face like a warrior. Um, and bleeding all over bleeding the Bleeding all over the place and returning to the bench to, to give a lot of the pound the rock kiddo fist <laughs> yes. bumps and, and stuff. And huge, as much as I like to give, give crap to Boston and as much as I don't like Boston, there is a respect factor, especially with Chara, even though I think he's played about eight years too long. But for somebody to get hit in the face like that and then just try to get back out there and try to go, it's, it's some of the best, the best parts of hockey, even though I still want them to lose. You know, I, uh, this has been more entertaining than I thought. I thought Boston would walk all over them. I thought St. Louis Shocking. wouldn't be ready. Yeah, every, everything that I predicted in the Stanley Cup playoffs has, has not come true. Weird. I'm, I'm completely wrong on everything I'm predicting. That's, that okay. never happens on Don't this show bad. or in my life, Mm-mm. so I'm not surprised. Uh, but Charlie Coyle. Showing up, scoring three Who? goals so far. I, I, I'm happy for him. I think it's fine to be happy for him. But it is just such 
Minnesota sports to watch him flourish between, before our eyes. I'm thankful for the package we got in return. At least that is some. It's not like the Nino trade where we don't have a guy that can't even skate. At least Ryan Donato showed something. At least we have a fourth round pick with a lottery ticket. Basically, at least, at least, at least, at least. least, least. That's uh, that's Minnesota sports. But it's good to see Charlie Coyle at least scoring for his hometown team and seeing his grandma. Coyle's grandma is like half the fun. She rings a bell whenever he scores. Yes, Charlie, what a player! So he's now got one more point in in. This playoff run than he did his entire playoff career. Which is like 40-something games, right? 40-something games spread over six years, I believe. Probably, yep. And because I believe his best playoff run as a member of the Wild was something like uh, his second year making the playoffs and was like, what, 13 points or something like that? Yeah. Declan, is that right? Something like that. One of those Blackhawks years. Do you guys – but do you guys think because for all of the – the players who have gotten away from this town, who you say to yourself, if they had only stayed, their success would have come. I don't feel like that about Coyle. I don't think this team was ever going to put him in a position, the wild that is, in a position to be nearly as successful as he's been in Boston, where he's been slotted in perfectly. Like, I don't, I don't think the wild shorted him. I think they just misused him, and I don't know that they would ever have gotten that right. Yeah, I agree with you, Jen, and I think the key word there is misuse. The biggest thing that you see with, Ch- with the way that Charlie is playing is that, A, he's the most confident I've ever seen him play, as much as you can read that from a player when they're on because the ice. Because he's shooting, right? He's shooting. That's what I think. And, you don't and, want to shoot him. And the other thing is, too, is that he's not hesitating. A lot of times when he was getting down in his game when he was still here, you would see he would hesitate to go into the corners. He wouldn't skate as hard. And that's not because he's like, I don't want to do this. I'm too lazy to do it. It's just that when your confidence isn't going, those decisions don't happen as quickly. And in a game where everybody is at their absolute top level, that's what makes the difference of being either just okay and being good. And right now he's in that he's better than good. He's playing great. And the thing is, is that when he was here, the Wild constantly moved him back and forth between that wing and that center position and kind of used him as the uh, basically the Band-Aid for the team because he was, he is a consistent player. He can cover up a lot of issues, especially on the lower half of the lines. And that's what – in Boston he's playing – center the whole time he's playing with the same guys and he's and he's being told just don't mess up that's it you don't have to we don't have to rely on you to score we don't have to rely on you to be a a crazy you know four checker we just want you to play your game and by having that pressure being taken off of his shoulders and just the fact that it's on his hometown team I really think that it's like this perfect storm of all these things coming together for him absolutely and it'll be really telling next year when he's still on that roster if he, if he is still able to produce the way he has yep but we're not there yet and we're still in the and we're still in this mode but I think he's just caught one of those magical con Smythe type runs where you really have to consider him at this point oh yeah as a, as a potential candidate for that award once the series finishes is that he's just he's playing his game at the absolute best, and it just wasn't going to happen here, here, and that's okay. With Coyle, I always liked that he was a responsible two-way forward. I know, it, I know the ceiling here. Everyone wanted him to get to some plateau, and you have a right to be frustrated with him not being able to do that on a consistent basis. When he went to Boston, I didn't think I, – I am surprised with the offensive output. I mean, I, I just I am. think everyone is. Right, and, mm-hmm. that's, and that's natural to have. But, you know, with, with – the Bruins are just so deep offensively, and typically, you know, the top line players tend to go away in the in the playoffs. They tend to get shut down. Charlie's on that third checking line, and he's still getting rewarded with points. And that Bruins power play is unbelievable too, which which helps their offense. So, 
I, I'm I'm a little frustrated that the off. I'm not, excuse me. I'm not frustrated that his offensive output has has gone up because uh, I yeah I've always liked who he was as a player and as a forward. But it, it's I can understand where some fans are just like why couldn't he have done this on a consistent basis here? Now, just, I don't think it was possible. Keep in mind too, he he got traded uh, to Boston in February, correct? Uh-huh. He played in 21 games there and had in. To end the season before the playoffs, he didn't do much, and he had exactly yeah. two goals, four assists. Right. So, and, and if I, I'm not mistaken, I went and looked up a story yesterday. He was used actually. He got to Boston. I think they used him on the wing initially. It was mm-hmm. much like here, and then they came back and said, "No, you're going to play for the playoffs, third line center." So, I'm not convinced that he's going to be this transformative, now great mm-hmm. player. But I do think that Boston found – Boston did what the Wild never did, which was to say, okay, kid, you're on the third line. Seriously. Yeah. You're, you're going to play one position. You're going to have, LB, as you said, two consistent guys on your wings, mm-hmm. which can be important. And and the other thing, though, that the Wild could never do, and they couldn't have done to this day, is if Charlie Coyle started to play well here – he was first or second line. Right. Like you could have never said to him, third line. Right. That's the thing is these good teams, these really good teams, go 12 forwards deep now. Right. They have to. They have four lines. They have to. But think about, you know, so Eric Fair is a nice, like he tries hard, right? Mm -hmm. But Eric Fair was your fourth line center here. Mm -hmm. Like you never even came close to having, I don't know that, that you eventually at the end of the year could even go really nine deep. No, I don't think Probably so. Probably six. Seven. Right. Yeah, maybe you have but one so that's Coyle, right there. So yeah. you could have never gone to Charlie and said, this suits you perfectly, which Boston did, mm-hmm. play here. Yeah, and I just think that it, it's easy to fall into that third line role for Charlie or for anyone because when you're getting traded to a team, it's not it's your team now, but it's not really – you're kind of – it's almost like you're a visitor there or like an extended guest. Like it's an Airbnb type of thing right now. So you're trying to make With sure you're not – people or no? Wait, well, let's just hope that it's a very nice place, that there's no cameras anywhere in that play, in that Airbnb. I don't trust Airbnbs, by the way. That's definitely not That's surprising to me at all, podcast, but yeah. it, I'm they're never okay. Staying with, I'm uh, never staying in a place. I I'm don't sure no one is shocked. <laughs> Sorry. No um, but that's the thing is that when you, get, when you get added to a team, especially a team that was basically destined for the playoffs and already a very strong team at that with the Bruins, is that Charlie's there and he's like, I'm part of this team, but I don't want to ruin anything. You're kind of walking on eggshells mm-hmm. because you're going for the run. And so it's very easy to take that simplified approach. And we had, we've talked about that too with the, with the young guys that came – uh, back to us in return for in that in the coil trade and other trades as well. It's very easy to kind of just play hockey because you just got traded here and you just kind of go to the one track mind. And I think that's what he's been able to do. And he hasn't had the ability or the opportunity to do that when he was here because there's always this other crap. You're like, Charlie, we want you to be this, but we also want you to be a scorer, a great back checker, a good PK guy. There's just too much on his plate. So by simplifying, by trading him, by saying, we're bringing you in for the run. There's our only mindset is the run that is to the Stanley Cup. It's it gets easier to play. You get bogged down with less stuff and his confidence. Like I said before, and that's the real thing that when you're thinking about less and you start doing those small things on your list well, it's very easy to inflate yourself. And and I think that's what he's doing right now. I've got two names too, Chara Bergevin. And and what if if you Bergeron. walk Berger? He said Bergerin. 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 What? What? Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron. Sorry. Anyway, if you walk in that locker room there in Boston, those guys immediately will be like, no problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's that's the difference. Absolutely. Or that's a huge difference because now there's no expectation of, oh, oh my God, they're not accepting me or this might be a problem. Right. So I think that that's an enormous uh, reliever of potential stress as a player to have guys who run that room and you know who runs that room and there's no issue there. Absolutely. And we could even we could even uh, I forget the word. We could even go down the road saying that maybe when he initially got there, he didn't get a ton of points because Pasternak was out. He was injured. The Bruins weren't really a full unit when he and they was put him traded with Pasternak there. at some point, right? Right. I think I think season? so. And that's the thing is that Charlie score. You know who? Know who doesn't have a point in this series yet? David Krejci. You remember him? Yeah. He's a hell of a player. He's, He's a not doing. Player. There's a ton of guys that. Aren't that? But that's what the playoffs said. That's what, and that's what it, what you said, Declan, is that the top lines always canceled themselves out because you always put your top defensemen up against the the Pastas and the Marchands and the Bergerons and the whoever else. But it's the third line, fourth line, even, and sometimes and the Blues and, go and, four deep as well, right? And it's special teams and being able to follow through on that. That's what that's what the Bruins did in Game Three. They had like four. They had four power plays. They scored on all four. That's the difference. And Those St. Louis, are the St. Louis look. Awful in, mm-hmm. in, in game that, three. that game. It's mm-hmm. funny because games one and three, the Blues have looked pretty bad, mm-hmm. and and the talk then is, oh, they're dead. That's it. Bruins yeah. in five guys. But the but the Blues are the most resilient. T- mm-hmm. They they come back and have the, the second period of game four was ridiculous. Did did you guys see that uh, the Blues had? I don't know. It was something like three minutes of just continuous pressure at one point. In right. the Bruins zone. And by the way, Tuka Rask has been phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Blues pressure was just continual. And the building, of course, was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And and the Blues have, have this ability to be like, okay, last game, we got blown out. Who cares? Right. Which, exactly. Who which cares? Some teams, which some teams don't have that ability. Just a few. Just a couple of teams that we may be familiar with. Yeah. It's it's fun watching the Blues play so well. Because, yeah, I didn't. I thought they would be a deer in the headlights. They haven't been in the Cup in, what, in twice my lifetime. They haven't won a playoff home playoff game. Mm-hmm. So to see them go out and get a big win in, in Game 4 like that and Brett Hall holding that chinchilla, oh my like, God. whatever the, the hell that was. How drunk was Brett Hall at that game? Hammered. I'm for it, though. Yeah. Oh, Brett, no, no. Brett, Brett I'm Hall not, hammered is one of the funniest I'm not things ca- I've no, seen. No, I'm wow. not casting stones. I'm asking... Yeah. How drunk was Brett when Brett Hull came out and did that thing to fire up the Blues crowd? Yeah, how drunk was he at the beginning of the game and yes. how drunk was he at the no, end the of beginning. the game? The beginning of the game. I know. Beginning, he was probably about point two at the end with a chinchilla. And point three. <laughs> and by the way, he's got a cup. Yeah. That, that's the funniest thing of the, these guys were like, yeah, this is for St. But Brett, you got a cup of Yeah, nails. he has one. Yeah. Foot was in the crease. But you were standing fine. in the crease. Yeah. Yep, foot was in the crease. Doesn't affect you at all. Uh, but it's it's cool with the Blues, man. And it's more of the layer against the wild of, man, we're going to be looking up at this division, I think, for a very long God, time. we're screwed. I, they really are. But they have to accept that fate. And I hope there. so. I hope so. Because every time I look at the... Uh, yes, the Wild did finish last in the Central, but it's you are looking up at like the CN Tower of well, like, let's go you're on the this. floor. Yeah, let's go through They're it. They're the strip mall in yeah. the Central Division when everybody else is like a Mall of America or a very, very revitalized. Rose so St. Louis, St. Louis just went is in the Stanley Cup and could win the Stanley Cup theoretically in a week here. I think I like Colorado more. Colorado, Same. Colorado more. They have two first round picks and a ton of dough to spend. And McKinnon. Yep. Again, for me, man crush. The black <laughs> the yep. Blackhawks are going to get a top three pick. Yeah, how good are the Blackhawks going to be? I don't know if season. I think they might be a sneaky. They're yep. kind of a dark horse team for me right now, to be honest. Taze and Kane are are because a couple years ago we, we thought they're declining a little bit. This Kane year, turned it on yeah, this year, and Taze did too. Yeah. Uh, so after a slow start, to Dex point with a top three pick, 
I'm I, curious about how good I don't, the Blackhawks they, are. They can't go anywhere. They can't go any more low. Like, I don't think they can go any lower than where they are. Okay. And Crawford's going to be healthy this year. If he stays healthy, that helps out a ton. That's true. Now, a I ton. do have concern about his ability to stay healthy consistently just because those concussions seem to yep. and with creep goal- up a lot. With goalies, it's a weird bit because yeah, you, the, the post-concussional hit. symptoms are very, very detrimental to basically how you track the puck. And that's obviously a huge part of goaltending. Yeah. So, yeah, a Absolutely. lot of it rests on his on his his ability to perform and their ability to have somebody behind him in case he can't go. So right right now we're saying better than the Wild, St. Louis, Colorado, Chicago. Yep, Dallas. Are, are we saying Chicago. Yep, I'm saying, just keep going. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, da- wait, Dallas. Wait, wait, Dallas. Dallas is who might uh, get Eric Carlson. Who might get Eric Carlson? Eric right? Carlson apparently is being is considering going back to the Senators. Which I, when I saw, I was like. Yeah. <laughs> I also I think that's a ploy. I think no, it's a ploy. He ain't going back no, to that. But, but no, but Judd, this was on Twitter. Like Twitter moments picked this up. Like some well, some person who obviously doesn't know. I don't think it is. But okay. yeah, gotcha. with with Ben Bishop in goal, who was a con yeah. Smythe uh, yep. a candidate until they were eliminated. Yeah, if, if they get if if they Eric get Carlson, Carlson and the two young demon, and with Ben and Sagan. They're, they're going to lead the league in scoring next right. year if that's the case. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Winnipeg, who had a first-round exit but is still far and away. I think they might regress a little bit here, but not but not as far but down as you're talking. No. I don't think – and then there's Nashville, who's in a very interesting teeter-tottery place where I think they could sell Subban and they could be heading in the wrong direction. Like that's the that. only team – only – Nashville's the only team – that the Wild might be able to surpass, but it would take a monumental collapse by Nashville <laughs> yeah. and a monumental rise Na- by the Wild. Nashville's one of those weird teams that you could see them regressing, but you also could see them making a run to the Cup next year. Where they have the personnel, I think that they still do. And, and, and Poy obviously is a tinkerer, as we know him. And they've got Granlin, so I mean... Right, what, right, well, obviously what he's a playoff performer. But that's the thing, is that I just think they, they underperformed really a lot this year, and so... They have that capability. I don't think it's likely, but it is there. Okay. So I just... Eh. So in my mind, Nashville's the only team, and again, it would have to take everything going wrong for them and everything going right for the Wild right. for them to even so be here's my, here's my question based off what you guys just said. And, and my initial response to the question I'm going to ask is, that's the silliest thing I've heard. But if you consider yourself realistically to just be as far back as you could possibly be should they entertain trading spurgeon yes yes like absolutely. i hate the idea absolutely especially I hate that idea. especially with the way that they're running the team right now which is less than stellar uh especially with the fact that they Sounds can't like they, they can't they can't less than stellar they can't find a way to get jason zucker off their roster because they're hell bent on doing so which i don't agree with but the, who also shares an agent with jared spurgeon yeah. at this point I'm personally done with them, so I'm kind of just like if Spur, if I'm Jared Spurgeon and I'm seeing this go on, I wouldn't want to be part of this organization either. Be like, by all means, Paulie, shop me around, send me to Dallas. Look at all that. There, there are tons of teams looking for a defenseman, and he is one of the most underrated defensemen in this league, and one and that this team and franchise have ever had. And so, if you're looking for actual return, if you're looking to make an actual good trade, Paul, this is maybe the piece that you do. Just make sure we have a couple people check on check off on it, like Mike Madonna or someone, and actually get equal value in return. Because apparently, we're not interested in that either. Um, but I think at this point, if you look at the cards and the way that things are shaking out right now, that's the smartest play. That's I, just my opinion. Th- that that's where you're gonna have to look at either Spurgeon or Brodine. Which one 
I think Spurgeon is obviously more marketable. Uh, yes. I yeah. gonna, no, I'm not, to me, I'm this not debating that. To me, this isn't close. Right. No. But one of those two can get you something either A, worthwhile in the short term or and, and, and or in the long term. So I, I, I think you definitely entertain. And I know everyone says, well, that's their biggest position of strength. Well, then that is also where they would have to trade to get better. So, yeah. so that, that's, that's fine with me if, if you're going to have to go and trade. I, I love Jared Spurgeon as much as the next guy. But if, if we can get something back... But I'm, I'm if listening. You're, but if you're as if they're as lost as you're saying, which by the way is very possible, mm-hmm. then then with Spurgeon's contractual situation right now and his value on the market, which I think would be very substantial, mm-hmm. it makes some sense. The problem, right? The problem though is this: this team has no direction, right? So, like, we're talking about this as if you sit in St. Paul and say, "We are the worst team in the division right now." How do we improve? When? Okay, that's a but that's a productive mm-hmm. discussion. Mm-hmm. But if you have one side of the table saying we have to get younger and faster and bigger, and the other side of the table says, but here are here's our ticket sales right now, and we need to make the playoffs. Right. That's the pro- because you could make a case that if this team's in as bad a shape as we think that it might be, that you should look to trade Spurgeon. You should look to trade everyone you can. That you should look to trade Dubnik because that's a great goalie contract. Correct. And I could, I could think, I could make a very good case that Dubnik is not going to take you on a playoff run ever. It, correct. Um, so just to go through this whole thing, bottom out. That's what I say, and that's what we've been saying for weeks too. Right. And and that's the thing. Let's 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 have some fun here. Let's let's give you a hypothetical. Hypotheticals. So do you have a trade tracker? I, I I just I have an just, idea. Just putting the entire. What if we would call down to the greater Chicago area and say, "Scotty, my dude, Scott Scott." I would love to hear Paul say all those words. Scott Scott Aru, what if we send you Jared Spurgeon up or down to you, and you send that that third overall pick up to us? And you know what? Just to oh. sweeten the pot, we'll throw in Dubnik too for that backup position in case Corey Crawford gets hit in the head again. You're- Do you take that? I know that it's not that's not fully thought out. Mm-hmm. But Who is you, the third best player? The top two are, are, have been set. Right, but Jack there's a ton, and, there's a ton of center depth and and mm-hmm. forward depth in this draft and, and that are American born. Mm. Not that that matters, Boy. but w- would that be a real consideration, especially to an inner division team, and owner, that being the most hated inner division team, arguably? The owner of uh, of the local hockey team would probably fire you instantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that already going to happen anyways? <laughs> but the that's phone, the goal. But the phone call, yeah, but then he's not going to try and get fired by making that trade. But that's the type of trade. It sounds absolutely crazy, but it's the type of trade that you've got to. When, when you consider what they're going to be up against, mm-hmm. those those are the type of things that you. Hell, you could even consider. do it with Colorado, which is at four. I they, they were, they're looking for defensemen. I the more I think about this and, and the path that we're going down, I would give very serious consideration to trying to move my goaltender. Yep, I would. I agree. I, I, okay, I'm okay with moving Dubnik, but not in that trade. I would consider the Spurgeon and our let's say let's Spurgeon and our first round pick swap it out with Chicago. And what what number Chica- are we? 13, 14 again? Uh, 11, I believe. Are we re- 12 are we, or 11? I, I don't even remember. 11 or 12. I'll look it up. They fell a spot. They fell a spot. And so I would entertain that. I if I'm going to trade Dubnik first if it's that that's just too much for me for that Chicago trade. I think it's just too much. And I don't and I but to but, be clear, I, I think Chicago might not make that trade because that three pick could haunt them for years. And oh years. yeah, 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 yeah. But if you give yeah, but like another idea. cup, who cares? But I like yeah, the idea. if you get Jared, like if you give Jared Spurgeon on that blue line already with a, a, a pretty good blue line, 
that mm-hmm. that's that's pretty good for Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with trading Dubnik to for, for doing a typical hockey trade goalie for goalie trade. Who would you, that who's mean, a goalie for goalie means, trade for him? And if though. that means getting a, a a guy who's not that good but on a also a short term contract, or even or even a, a goalie like that's on one year left of a high cap hit. So what's the I trade? Would, I, well, I'd have to look ooh, up goalies, but ooh, I would. No, no, but I'm ooh. saying you're saying goalie for goalie, and yes, I, and I get what back for that what? goalie. I, 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 oh, I'm, I'm trading Dubnik and getting another goalie in return. I want young in the short term. You want young out, but the thing is, is that you have to. You have to get another. You would have to get a goal. Yeah, you can't. You would you have can't, to. Right. You, I, I, Boom. you have to. Yes, yes. And, but I'm saying I want young. But I need. I need I to win that trade with. With, I need to get somebody who's convinced that Dubnik is a difference maker for them for 2019-20. But the thing is, is that he doesn't need to be a difference maker. He just needs to be part of a tandem. We are. We've already discussed this yes. all, and then that and a lot of teams are moving but towards this, except di- for the Wild. But that could make a difference, right? In their mind, right? But that's what I mean. We could we could go away from Chicago and we could still stay in our division, like I said before, with the Colorado Avalanche, who you who have Simeon Varlamov. I don't think he's on on contract anymore, and I'm not a huge fan of his off ice antics and stuff like that. But he could be someone oh, that could be he's he could be someone that would need, or even if they resign Grubauer, you don't think that that a Grubauer and, and Dubnik tandem would be a solid tandem no, be to great. be up in there in the league. So yes. that's the thing; it doesn't have to necessarily be a workhorse goalie trade where you're trying to find another goalie who is playing as many games as, as Dubnik has, has in recent history because the league isn't moving that way. And so well, you, you might could, want to tell the wild that well, we, we've been trying to tell them for months. And, and that's the problem is that there are a lot of teams that are going to be looking for these for, especially with his contract number, which fits in perfectly with that tandem type yep. that if they have a young goaltender and unproven one that he could be kind of a leader but it's the question you know if Dubnik would be uh, would allow that type of relationship or allow that type of uh you know allow I love uh, that, that word. type of uh, the, the, for him to have a year like that is I, he would he actually allow the team to be like yeah you're gonna play 45 you know what games? i just realized we've spent the last month trying to solve the wild's problems based on, on this we woke up one day recently like and this and they have become among the major men's teams, okay, so I'm not including every team in this town, mm-hmm. oh but goodness. you know, let's take the Wild, the Twins, the Vikings, and Wolves. Mm-hmm. They have become easily the most outdated franchise as far as thought processes of where their sport is right now. Mm-hmm. And basically, what we're doing is saying, if that's what you're going to do now, your best play is to get as bad as possible, so the next person can come in with new thought processes and have something to build with. It's sort of, they've sort of become the twins of the end of the Terry Ryan era. Yes. If you think about this, high because, praise because no, but we're talking about things like yeah. goaltender tandems, which by the way, I mean, that's not, that's not like hard to find. No, like you go through the stats. It's and not you, hard to be like, that makes sense. Yes. If you think about it though, we're basically talking about get as bad as possible to give the next group of people a chance because like basic fundamentals of the direction that this league are is going in right now, mm-hmm. they're not following. No, and that's the thing. Whether or not you think whatever the direction the league is is going in, if you don't think that's the right thing, everyone else is doing it. There's a certain point where even if you think it's dumb, you have to do it because someone's gonna figure it out, and you need to be ready for whenever that team or organization does that, you can copy that that model as best sure. you can. And they're not even willing to consider it or they're not willing to do it. And I don't know if that's because 
of the win now thing, if that's really true, or if Bruce is just kind of, I don't know wh- who is leading the, me- who is, I who is Bruce the true is, North star of this team right now? I think it's, Fe- I think it's Fenton and Leopold who are trying to, who have differing views and it both have power. Mm-hmm. I think Bruce is caught as, I think Bruce is like the kid here in the, yeah, in of, the divorce. divorce. Mm-hmm. I, I don't fault Bruce. Bruce was brought here by Chuck to win. Yep. All Bruce knows how to do is try and win. I don't fault him, but it's like if you look at the teams that are successful or let's look at the teams that aren't, your club, the Kings, mm-hmm. they're tear- I believe they're trying to tear this thing down as much as possible yep. because they know that, that they're in, in a predicament where the only way for them to get back up is to do that. Right. The Wilds in this netherworld right now. And, they're in and, denial. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but it's weird, too, because they're also not, to, to go back, back to my comparison to what the Twins did wrong here, they're also not, like, addressing things that everyone else in their sport is. Right. Yeah. Like the goalie tan. Or, like, like analytics Dub- stuff. Yeah. yeah. But you can't have Dubnik telling you, dude, I'm going to play tonight. Right. That's great in 1985. Right. Or we don't know if he's the one that's telling him that. Well, but at the end of the day, you have to, if, if he but is. But the point being is you can't just keep saying, well, he wants to play. Yeah. Or, or just saying, like, he's the best chance to win. Sometimes you might just need to change it up. And, and what it's not about your best chance to win at a night-by-night basis. Because especially this past season, even when he was playing well or the team, or the team was even playing, you're still getting beat. So at some point, there's going to be a point of diminishing returns where, yeah, we're playing to win tonight right now. But two weeks from now... We're going to need that win even more. So why don't we give up this this win here in order to to you know and just have a different way of looking at the season because they're so quickly to go like win now mode. Everybody's game seven mode. Dubnik plays every single game. Only the top nine guys play every. They are so quick to do that. And you've seen teams who have struggled through different parts of the season. St. Louis being one of them. They don't do that. They're just like stick with what's going on. We don't always have to change. We don't all because so, it's a season long. That's philosophy. the thing. And it's just like, it seems like every t- every season they try to make a change, it's always the direct opposite of what of what they want to do. Or it has has the direct opposite effect of what they thought they were intending to do. I found the trade. Okay. I found the Dubnik trade. Found the team. Found the trade. Tell us. Trade, tra- for everyone. trade tracker Declan. Capitals. Phoenix Copley in return okay. for Dubnik okay. and a second round pick. Dubnik goes to Washington, helps spell Braden Holdby. They have two veteran goaltenders. We get a young 27-year-old who just signed a three-year, $3.3 million cap. Ooh. This, this guy gets, this, this guy gets made. This. Speak my language. This guy makes, this guy makes yeah. $1.3 million for the next three years. Phoenix does, which is a terrible name. And he spells it but, weird. Yep. That not is not the kind. Terrible. And it, you know what? To sweeten yeah, the is. deal, Washington, give me your second-round pick, too, so we can continue to get younger. Okay. Dubnik, Copley, second-round pick. I think that is a uh, great trade. I think you're going to need more, but I like the way that to you're get thinking. Copley no, I think pick? we should – we. I think the Wild should ask for more than Phoenix Copley in a second oh. in a second rounder. Maybe it's another draft pick in the in the following year or maybe okay. like another role player. But I think because Dominic did get a later start in his career and goalies are weird where like if they're 27, that's kind of like being 21 and a forward. So it just some guys are just more late bloomers. So I think there's a lot more years left, and especially if he's going with the tandem style, mm-hmm. that's going to be a longer term uh, deal for Washington. But I like the way that you're thinking. Definitely. I like what you're saying. That's I like it. What you're that's saying. the trade. I, I'm already seeing like Paul in the email okay, right now. Okay, trade Spurgeon though. Trade Spurgeon. Yeah. All right. Well, now I got it. Now I got to think. <laughs> I can't. I can't just go <laughs> on the fly like that. Me and Gentle talk um, amongst ourselves. <laughs> 
I, I don't know where you would where, – where is he going to go? So Chicago was the one, right? That was the one we were well, thinking about. Yeah, but I want to go home. Let's get him out. Of, yeah, let's get him um, – let's get him to – actually, here's one for you. Mm-hmm. Edmonton. Ooh, I like mm. He gets to I like home. that. Yep. For he, Connor McDavid. Done deal. Go. He, yep. R&H. I'll take dry side. What? R&H. Give me Ryan. Give me, give me Ryan. Yeah, you like Ryan really? That's the centerpiece I want back. Yes. Oh, That's the centerpiece God. I want back. I'm not as hard as high on R&H as you guys. I would need more than that. Oh, you need oh, more. Yeah, oh, yeah. I need more. For sure. Yeah. But he's he's the immediate return that helps, at least makes the team competent. You would go out on a limb and take dry side, old, did you I'd take dry side. Oh, that's, well, that's very big of you're you. You're not going to get McDavid, so I'll that's, take that's dr- dry side. Give me a hockey that's trade. Very, that's very generous That involves Spurgeon, R&H. I bet Dave Tippett would love Jared Spurgeon. Yes, and I would love R&H. I've true. wanted him for three years now, so yes, I that that's also there's a little bit You're of trying to pride. get him for a long yes, time. Well, didn't I want they talk? Him. Didn't they talk Dumba. about trying to trade him? Him and Dumba. Yeah, no, I'm not trading Dumba. And, and thank God that, that could didn't you happen. though? I would not. With, for the right deal, would you no. trade him? No. With Matt Dumba? Um, can't do it. Well, because how many years are you planning this rebuild? If they're rebuilding, that's what I was going to say. Is he would be Spurgeon strikes me as the type of guy who I don't want to trade and would surprise me a little bit, but I definitely would trade because of his contract status. Mm-hmm. Dumba, I definitely don't want to trade. But, if you trade him, you have this, tough getting people in the building if you're trading everyone else. Yeah, exactly. But this team, too, to, to your point right now, is there anything that's completely you, off limits as far as trade goes? I don't think so because no. if, if he's signed in, say, I the think, next few years, he, he's, he's the only really piece like you have, you're going to probably be looking to move him, and, but his value is going to be diminished. But the problem is his value is diminished right now because he's coming off an injury. Sure. So yeah, you're, that, yeah, that's that's, that's the only other issue is that that's if he true. had played the entire year, I think we really consider this. But yeah, I think you probably keep him. But it's just I don't think I think if you have a movable contract, you need to be considered, and that and that's why I'm not like super mad that people are that they're trying to trade Zucker. I just don't agree with the way they're trying. Well, I don't to want do Kessel. It. I don't want. Uh, yeah, I don't want Phil Kessel. Yeah, I don't. Him. I want equal value. I have no problem want, with trading him. Right, I'm fine with it. But but be prepared that he's going to go and play. Uh, first or second line, and he's going to kill with it. A good center, and he's going to score a ton of goals. Mm-hmm. So get back, but get back a young piece. Mm-hmm. If you get back a veteran and try, if this team tries to make a playoff push, they're idiots. <laughs> Would you take him for like a Nick Bukestad? Who Nick but, Bukestad? Who am I, who am I offering? Zucker. Zucker. Maybe I the uh, no. Has Nick Bukestad been as good a pro as we? No, no, he hasn't. But that's the thing is like, where do you think Zucker is actually? What's a comparable person for him? Do you think in the the league? The issue is if you pair him with a good, a good uh, pivot centerman, he's going to score a ton. So I would be good. He'd be good in Boston. So I think you've got a. I think you've got to factor in. You've got to factor in the fact that you are probably trading a thirty goal guy. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. with the right. Yeah, if he's in the right situation. So, yes. so if I'm if, and a good character guy. Yeah. So to, if I'm, I'm shop, so that, if I'm shopping that. him, that's my. But I don't want. I you can offer me any veteran guy that you want back. I don't want that guy. Right, but like, like veteran thing. guy, meaning like what's the cutoff for veteran guy and like I want a young, young guy who hasn't quite hit its potential. Yeah, I want a guy. I I want a guy that I'm convinced is going to be very good. They. It's why the Grandland trade does not drive me crazy. Fenton, Fenton on Fiala might be wrong. I don't know. But, but at I, least they try. But I get what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And if Fiala does, and this is an if, but if he mm-hmm. does achieve what Fenton expects, he's going to be a damn good goal scorer, which are hard to find. Mm-hmm. So I get that one. Mm-hmm. And, and the coil trade, to Duck's point. That's fine. The coil I, trade yeah. I get. 
Yeah. 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 Ryan Donato's a very nice player. He shoots a ton. I like that. He's confident. Um, you know, the Rask trade's awful. Yep. It's just a terrible trade. Mm-hmm. But in the case of Zucker, if you take back a 30-plus-year-old player in the name of, what, trying to make the playoffs next year, but yet yet um, Stahl and Koivu eventually, once he comes back, are your centers? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? I'm just trying to think if there's a comparable for him of, like, what a true – I'm like, he's not as good as Shifley, obviously. Who's that, Zucker? Yeah. I'm sure we could find it. Yeah, but I'm you just, just trying to think the, of like what the actual comp has equal to be. Value. The fact that you think that you're trading a guy who on the right team is going to probably pretty easily score 30 goals, which right. which is hard to find. But you know what? There's no one here right now on this team to get him the puck. Yep. Yeah, and like that's who, that's who, fair. Who's, who's going to pass to him? That's fair. Who's like, going to set him up? Yeah, I, I'm just now very. All I can think about is the Spurgeon R and H trade, and now I really want Ryan Nugent Hopkins here. That's all I can. <laughs> I've been thinking about for the last five minutes. Whoever thought we'd be dreaming of twenty twenty six year old center scored twenty eight goals last I'll year. I'll take him for ROR. How about that one? I'll do that one in a heartbeat. What's his contract? Six million this year. Six million next UFA. Uh, He's got two more years left. Uh, starting my rebuild. I got to You know what? Then if but I make he's going to ask for a lot too. And I've got to talk extension then right now. If I'm going to do this, I'm not taking that contract. I got to make sure I can sign him. That's the thing because because I'm not going to be good uh, next year. And that's a, and you have to look at the way that other people are are re-signing on the, on those first big contracts because a lot of them are going in that you know seven to eight range, and that's a lot of them. And not that he's in that range, but he's a f- former number one overall yeah. pick, and you could make the case he he'll could make it. the case saying like I was playing in Edmonton, so it was a gong show. He'll say he'll be Taylor and, Hall, right? But that's what I mean right. is that it, it could it could get a little bit dicier because I think that he that he hasn't hit his potential up there in Edmonton. I think there might be yeah, no, some things hasn't. bogging him down up there as well, but. It's, but that's the thing is, like, there are so many different moves that could be made, but none of them are really going to make you that much better for this year. And I don't care. Like, you could trade but anyone. You can't that, be worried about this year. Right. But that's what I mean. But the it. thing is, is that the, the, the peop, no one else is worried about this year except for the people that actually make the decisions. That's and the only problem. Some of, and only some of them appear to be. Right. So, some of them appear to have the right idea, but some of them also are. The, the fact that your owner is hell-bent on trying to rebuild the roster while competing and trying to make yeah, that doesn't because and you know what? So you get back to the playoffs and get ousted first round. Okay, that's cool. It's another four games. Are of, people of, really excited by that? No, not even four. Two games. Another and if you do the rebuild revenue. right, you know what? You could be relevant fairly quickly. Yep. Yeah. Well, look with, at the look at the Minnesota Twins. Like we said last week, exactly. if you if you legitimately just and nobody saw it coming by any means. That's the thing is that. They weren't even trying to really bottom out either. So the, this can happen. It's just that they need to – it's just – I think it's harder to do in the NHL because the contracts and the way that the CBA is set up and the way that things have been moving, it's just that they bet on the cap getting bigger than it was yep. and they've just – it's stalled and it's just screwed this entire thing up. And now the, the question is how much faith do you have in the specific guy making the decisions to do what the Twins have done, which, which you know thought process-wise was very good – Right. And the answer is not much. Uh, last thing. Best of three, Stanley Cup, no. LB, who wins this thing? I Honestly. Not, not Hart. Not Hart? Not Ed. if if Who wins this well, thing? <laughs> well, I, initially, I went against my heart, and I said that the Bruins are going to win at six. But based on what's, what's happened and transpired in the series, that – I just don't know how Boston is able to sustain with the amount of with the amount of injuries they've had to their defensive core. Um, and I just there are people sco- when Charlie's your best score. I'm like good for Charlie, but also 
uh, where are these other these other superstars? So I think if just straight up, if you're going best of three, I think the Blues take it. I really do. Uh, I think the Bruins. I think the Bruins get it in six, so they win the mm. next two. Uh, really? You're yeah. saying they're going to walk off with the next two? Oh yep. wow! Walk off? Not even a, wow. I say, I, at the outset of the playoffs, I think when they were down in the first round series, I picked the Bruins. I'll stick with the Bruins, but I think it's seven. Isn't right. it funny how like each game is like that's it, it's over, the series is the, over. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's because w- when the Blues have been bad, they've been bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then it's then it's like, well, this definitely showed us that the Blues can't do it. I think the Bruins win Thursday night. I think the Blues win Game Six in St. Louis, and I think the Bruins take it in Boston. I can only hope that they and get by the to way, Game Seven and that their dreams are crushed. Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask. Oh boy, if there's ever any question about him, he has been. Well, great. We'll see. I'll still have questions until he wins. Until he wins a cup. Himself. I know our Boston fans do big time. Mm-hmm. Boston, but he fans. has he has played exceptionally well this playoff this game, playoff season. Game four, I thought he was fantastic, yeah. and they lost. No, they would they would have been they they would be much worse off without him playing the way oh, that he has been. Absolutely. For sure, he's covering up. All right, we're done. Say right, bye. Bye.